Welcome to Chef's Table. I'm Jim Coleman. Discovery and innovation. You might think it clashes with tradition. In his book, The Sushi Economy, Sasha Eisenberg takes a look. I think we have this idea that Japanese restaurants and sushi bars in particular are these really old places where time has stood still and that the more traditional or authentic it is, that it's an opportunity to, to, to go back hundreds of centuries. But the Japanese weren't going to sushi bars uh, as we know them until until the 1960s now. So the story I tell about sushi is very much one of, about globalization. And I think perhaps more than any other product or, or meal anywhere in the world, sushi is very much a wouldn't exist without globalization. Well, talk about technology and how that helped the sushi business grow. Well, and there, there are little things that, that we don't think about, in, especially in maintaining the, the global trade in, in fresh fish. I mean, things like cell phones and fax machines on, on docks and, and out-of-the-way harbors in, in, in third-world countries matter a lot if you want to <laughs> move, move fish around quickly and create a, an efficient market for it. And leak-proof boxes, which were invented in the 1970s, allowed, allowed airlines to carry fresh fish along with other cargo in their holds, which, which allowed uh, airlines to take advantage of, of their routes and bring new products to diners around the world. And I, I tell the story of a, of a cargo guy from, from Japan Airlines who, who basically, I say, invented modern sushi by figuring out uh, how to ship fresh fish from the, the, the Atlantic coast of Canada to Japan so that tuna could be eaten for lunch three days later there. Is there one big urban legend around sushi, in your opinion, that maybe you woke your eyes up to in doing the research? When the, the big one is, is this idea that we have when we run into sushi in a supermarket or at a baseball stadium or a takeout cart at a, in a mall food court, that this is somehow some bastardization or some new American way of, of, of cheapening a, a, a true old experience. And it's not. I mean, sushi came of age in 19th century Tokyo when it was a, when it was a street food sold by vendors at stalls in, in a newly industrializing city where there were too many people working too hard to, to cook for themselves at home. And, and Tokyoites of the, of the 19th century would stop and get a few pieces of sushi from a stall on their way home from work or on the way to the public baths, the same way that Philadelphians might get a pretzel on the street or New Yorkers will get a kanish or Chicagoans, a, a hot dog. It's interesting because I find myself, and I know better, and I find myself going, well, if it's costing me more, it's got to be better, safer. And I, I find myself doing the same thing. And chances are probably it's coming from maybe a same lot of fish that the expensive one is. There are definitely differences in what you're getting in, in your average supermarket as opposed to a sushi bar. And a lot of what you're paying for is the is the skill and attention and, and, and quality of the chef to serve you the best fish. But from restaurant to restaurant in a given city, just because there are so few companies that have the sort of scope and, and, and resources to, to, to compete in the international market for, for high-quality fish, you could be eating the same piece of fish for $3 in one place and $5 at another place and $9 at the third. The fact is most places have the same fish. Um, <laughs> some places serve fresher fish. Some places are, are quicker to, to get rid of fish that sort of passed its prime. Uh, but the idea that, that a chef has an untapped source of, of fresh fish is really not true. It's not chefs who make the decisions about what they get, but it's, it's people on the other side of the world in, in markets and, and auctions and, and brokers and dealers and stuff like that. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Talk about the market in Tokyo, if I pronounce it correctly, Squeegee. Is it Squeegee? Squeegee. Describe that for our listening audience to start off with and the influence they have. In part because Tokyo is such a modern, technologically advanced city, to find in the early morning this smelly and hmm. and it's a rough sticky. it's sticky <laughs> the, the the floors are sloshy it's it's concrete it nobody's done much uh much maintenance since since the 1920s and you know i, I compare it to a combination of, of the old chicago stockyards and the floor of a stock exchange but the amount of money that goes on at, at, in, in these auctions in the tuna room feel more like sotheby's or christie's and it's this incredibly competitive place that serves a few